Recorded live in the Phantasmo Lounge high atop the Barbara Duran building in beautiful Midtown Portsmouth, Virginia. It's Phantasmo After Dark with your host, Rob Floyd, and co-host, Phyllis Floyd. Tonight's topic, Jamie Lee Curtis in Terror Train. For the students aboard, it's going to be the one party to end them all. And bomb night. If you're not back by midnight, you won't be coming home. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to the old podcast. It is a Jamie Lee Curtis double bill tonight. The party like that, I'm always afraid some kid's going to hurt himself. Hey, Phyllis. Hey, Rob. I am excited for everybody, Jamie Lee Curtis. Everybody loves Jamie Lee Curtis. I, I'm one of everybody because I do indeed <laughs> love Jamie Lee Curtis. And, I mean, everybody knows Halloween. Yeah. And everybody knows the fog. But she's done so much. Yeah. So uh, we thought we would pick a couple of her early slasher pictures that uh, don't get talked about too often. Very true. And with prom season coming up before too long, why not? Indeed. So first up on the bill, uh, well, the interesting thing about both these movies is they came out the same year. They were filmed back to back. Were they? Yeah, in Canada, both of them. Which one was filmed first? I'm, yeah, I'm not sure which one was filmed first, but I think Terror Train was released first. Well, then let's do Terror Train first. So, well, that's the way we watched them, so that's what we're going to do. <laughs> we were wiser than we knew. That's right. The Fog came out in 1980 also. So, yeah, Jamie Lee did Prom Night, Terror Train, and The Fog. Boom, boom, boom. She's busy. Yeah. And Halloween was, what, 78? Mm -hmm. So within three years. She was truly titled Scream Queen yeah. for a reason, yeah? Now, Terror Train, it was an interesting film. I, I can see why it's not thought of as fondly as some of the other slashers from this era. Because it was, it was okay, and it's worth yeah. watching. But it was kind of missing on some cylinders for a slasher film. It was a little, a little heavy-handed with trying to misdirect you or yeah. lead you in the, in directions where it was like, okay, I'm not buying the way you're trying to make me go here. Yeah. But there were a couple times where you're like, well, maybe, but I'm not. But you're stretching it for yeah. me to try yeah. to believe that. Well, you know, we we tend to try and and overthink. What we're seeing anyway, yeah. so, you know, but the we, twist, we did try to come up with who could it be, even yeah. though we knew who it was pretty much well, from the, the beginning. The thing is, you know who the killer is from the get-go. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. And at some point, they're trying to make you think, is it somebody else? But you're pretty much convinced you know who it is, but he's disguising himself as somebody else. Right, right. But when it turns out, when you find out who he's disguised as... You may or may not be surprised. Yeah, because I was. Were you? I wasn't looking there. Yeah, I was I was suspicious and kind of leaning towards, well, I guess, you know, everybody's not going to be surprised because we always give away all of the, the yeah. movies. There are no spoilers here. There are always yeah. spoilers here. Well, okay. It, the, the plot is, it's a group of college friends, med students. Yes. And it starts when they're first getting into college, I think. Yeah. Right? Yes. And they play a trick on the pledges to the fraternity. First or second year, I yeah. think. Anyway, yeah, they're they're playing a trick. The prank is... It's like a, a pledge thing that they have to get lose. laid. Yeah, the, the guys have to get laid by a certain time or else they're going to have to wear these beanies for the rest of their year. Yeah. To, to show that. I don't know if it's to show that they're still a virgin or to show that they didn't get laid that night. I'm yeah. not sure which which one it's supposed to indicate. But regardless, so they set up this one guy, Kenny, and they've worked it out ahead of time with Alina in that. Jamie Lee's Alina, Elena, Alina, yeah. Elena. I can't remember which one it is. Anyway, they set it up with her that she's going to go up to the bedroom and 
pretend to be ready for him. Yeah. And he's, he's going to take off his glasses so he can't see very well. So there's a body there. Right. In the way. And so she goes upstairs with her friend and she's like, well, who did they, who did they get in here? You know, because there was somebody in the bed. And she's like, well, who's, who is that? And the, her best friend, Mitchie, said, it's one of Moe's friends or something. Yeah. And it's dark and the lights are real dim, so she can't really see it anyway. Right. And she doesn't get close. Right. Then, you know, Kenny comes in and, and Alina starts saying... Yeah, she's behind the bed, behind a curtain. Right. She starts saying, don't be nervous. It's my first time, too. And come kiss me. And so Kenny goes over. He strips down to, like, t-shirt and underwear. and Takes his glasses off. Yeah, goes over to get on the bed and then leans over to kiss her and picks up her, her arm. But when he does, the arm comes off. And then you realize that it's a cadaver. They used to dissect in the med lab. Yes, and it's in pieces. So the arm literally comes off yeah. in his hand. And so he starts flipping the hell out. He stands up, and it's it's one of those canopy beds. So it's got like a like the mosquito netting stuff on mm-hmm. it. So he stands up, and he starts spinning around and around, gets all caught up in the netting. You know, we can't tell because it freeze frames. Did he hang himself? Yeah, well, that's what I thought. I thought Me he was going to like get all wrapped up in it and hang himself, but it freezes. And then it flashes forward three, three years. years later. Yeah. And they're on like their graduation or senior trip or whatever. And they're going to take a party on train all night. Yeah. There's this it's steam like a costume train. party year. Yeah. It's yeah. Halloween night. There's some kind of steam train excursion that just like goes around for a night or something. Drives yeah. all the way around some some loop or something. Anyhow, so... They decide they're going to go, and you learn that Mo, one of the guys that was in on the prank, is now dating Alina, which was Jamie Lee. Yeah. And he surprises her with this trip, and she's so excited to find out that she's going. And you later learn that Doc, who is the guy that was behind the prank, um, is the one who actually put this whole thing together, and she's decided, she said she'd never go to another one of his parties because of what happened. Yeah. And come to find out that the guy, Kenny, didn't die, but he was in the hospital and was flip, had flipped out and yeah, all that. Very mentally... Uh, unstable. Unstable. But then right off, you see, they're all in costumes getting on the train. And I don't I can't remember who if you see the guy come up, but one of the guys on a costume... It's supposed to be a Groucho costume. Yeah, that's what they keep saying. The costume is Groucho, Groucho. Yeah, but the mask is Gene Shalit. <laughs> Now, anybody who doesn't know the name Gene Shalit, Gene Shalit was a film critic in the 70s and, and early 80s, and he had a very distinct look. He had a pretty big nose and had a bushy mustache and had big curly hair, mm-hmm. like almost like Jufro. If you don't know Gene Shalit, you could mistake this mask for Groucho. But the nose, it, it was the just, nose is wrong. I get it's it. It's way too but... big. The only Groucho mask, or the one you all typically see, is the, just the glasses and the nose with yeah. the mustache. So, yeah, this was like comically oversized but right. it's it's the jean shallot mask so right. anyway but it doesn't matter they uh they refer to it as the groucho costume yeah but right off the bat he gets a sword through the gut as everybody else is getting on the train but he's the big prankster so only i think only one person sees it and they think he's pulling a prank yeah a couple people saw it and they were like oh good one that's your best one yet and yeah. so they all get on the train but and then, they, they don't realize that he doesn't get yeah. on the train, too. He just lays down and dies. And the killer takes his costume and gets on the train. Yes. And the train, he pushes the body under the train, and the train runs over him. Yes. That was pretty gruesome. That was, well, you don't really see it, but you, you know it's happening. Yeah. yeah. That was kind of gruesome. So pretty much the rest of the movie is him going through and killing people and taking their costume and masquerading as them to kill the next person. Yeah. 
And he ultimately, as you would imagine, is trying to get back at the people who yeah. set him up. So, you know, that would be Doc and Mo and Alina and yeah. Mitchie. And what was that guy? Jack. Was it D-Jack or something like that? Something like K-Jack. That. I can't yeah. remember his name. But also on the train is David Copperfield. The magician. Yeah, the magician. And it's David Copperfield, but he does. Yeah. it's just the magician. He's not David Copperfield. Ken, the magician or something yeah. like that. And he has a lovely assistant, and uh, and then Ben Johnson, cowboy actor from way back, is the conductor, yeah, the train conductor. So he's in there. Now, a couple of interesting things about this that I found out doing a little research is the the prologue, where they're at the party, and we find out, you know, Jamie Lee is faking the thing, and the guy finds the corpse. Yeah, that was all filmed in post post production after the movie was completed. Oh, to kind of flesh out the what movie really was happened? about. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> And the idea for the movie, the, the director got the idea after watching Halloween and Silver Streak, and then he, I think it's, he might have had a dream or something, and he, he woke up and he told his wife the idea of doing, what do you think about doing Halloween on a train? And she said, that's a terrible idea. So he wrote, <laughs> he wrote down, terrible train. Terrible train. <laughs> and then wrote the script in a, in a few days or something and got the deal not long after that, but he changed it to Terror Train. That's funny. Yeah. Oh my goodness! And a couple other interesting things I find out: the guy who plays Kenny, the killer, yeah, Derek McKinnon, I think his name is. He was an actual transvestite. Oh, okay. In Canada, in Toronto, right? And he didn't go to audition for the film. He took a friend of his to audition. Mm-hmm. They didn't like the look of his friend. Mm-hmm. They liked his look for the oh. killer. And said, "Do you want to audition?" He's like, "For what?" <laughs> so he auditioned, and they liked him. And they so- went to see his drag. He said, "Well, he's got a show." They went to see his drag show, uh-huh. and they liked. His performance, you know, uh-huh. so they got him on and he got a call the next day. Hey, you know, you got the part. And one of the guys said, you realize what just happened? He said, yeah, I got a bit part in a movie. He said, no, you got the lead next to Jamie Lee Curtis. <laughs> okay. So we didn't actually give that away, but we have now that the, the killer, Kenny, is you're led to believe. You're led to believe that, that it's the magician. And the, the biggest clue you get is that. There's a yearbook ad or something, a photo. There's a yearbook photo, and it talks about Kenny being a magician. And then later, Mo talks about Doc hired a magician for the party. And then Doc, he tells Doc something about it, and Doc was like, I never hired a magician. (laughs) And so Mo was like, who hired the magician? And so no one knows. But then it just kind of gets dropped and not brought up again. So, of course, nobody hired the magician Kenny just decided to put himself on the train as a magician, figuring nobody would question it, and they didn't. But then, so now you're led to believe the whole time that it's the magician, and so that's where you're going. But at some point, and I don't know where I started questioning it, but somewhere along the way, I started thinking, I don't think it's the magician. I think it's the magician's assistant. And 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 then we're thinking, oh, okay, maybe it's like a sister yeah. Because he's is getting revenge that we don't know about. Because yeah. that's a thing in other movies. So, yeah. You know. I didn't actually think that it was it was Kenny disguised as the assistant. Yeah. I thought it was maybe a sister or something or some relative or something. Yeah. But then I did later start thinking that maybe it was Kenny dressed up as the assistant because when the magician does the change when he's standing in the middle of the train car yeah. and he holds the sheet up in front of himself. Uh. And when he disappears, he throws the sheet down. Yeah. He's disappeared, but his assistant is there. Yeah. It just looked weird. I don't know why. Because yeah. any other time I saw the assistant on screen, she didn't look weird at all yeah. to me. But that 
changed. Well, see, she looked weird. We'll have to go back and watch it now to see if in the first scenes it is somebody different playing the assistant, yeah. like an, a real woman. And yeah. then from that scene on, if it's... Maybe. Yeah, the, maybe. I know, don't know. It could be. Drag. But yeah, it definitely was something a little off about the way she looked. I, I'm not really sure what it was about it that just made me go, huh? Anyway, so then I started thinking it was the assistant. And eventually you do find out that it is indeed the assistant. Yeah. Um, and which is Kenny dressed as the assistant. Surprise, surprise. Surprise, surprise. Now, there was a scene, the Derek McKinnon, the guy who played Kenny, said in an interview in 2010 mm-hmm. about the film that the the writer originally wanted a scene where the assistant uh, kisses Ben Johnson, the train conductor. The train conductor, gotcha. The, uh, the cowboy actor. Yeah, yeah. While disguised as the, you know, the assistant, so it would be the dude kissing him. Yeah. But McKinnon he refused to do it because he, he was kind of freaked out about it. He says he's dealing with like an, an Academy Award nominated actor, <laughs> oh. and he'd never met him oh, before yeah. the film. Yeah, and yeah, you know, well, of course not. He wasn't an actor, you know. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> and also, it was the '80s, you know, so it wasn't dudes kissing dudes on screen wasn't a regular thing. Yeah. But uh, Ben Johnson found out about this, uh huh, and he called the guy into his trailer. Yeah, Kenny, the Kenny, guy Kenny, the guy played Kenny, uh huh, and said. He was fine with it. It was just acting. It's just part of the script. You yeah, know? yeah. If it serves the story. Yeah. And he wanted to know why he wasn't okay with it. Yeah. And uh, after that, he agreed to do it. And they filmed the scene, but they it ended up it? on the cutting room floor. Oh, yeah. what a shame after all that work. Yeah, right? I wonder if It would have added it... a little more weirdness to what was going on, you know? It would have. I wonder if they added that to the deleted scenes on a disc somewhere. I'd be interesting to see. I would like I'd like to see that because there's some other stuff too. Well, about how it was filmed too. They used real train cars. Yeah. But they were in a warehouse okay. and on a rig to make a move. Yeah. Yeah, but they had to film at night mm-hmm. because there was too much noise outside the warehouse during the day. Well, I know at one point Alina is trying to figure out what's going on because the first person that dies is. I wish I could remember his name, K-Jack or something like that. He was in like a lizard costume and he was in the bathroom and Kenny killed him and there's blood all over the place. He like bashed his head into the mirror and broke the mirror and it was a mess. And so the bathroom door was locked. Well, eventually the conductor tries to get into the bathroom. He can't get in there. No one will answer the door. So he unlocks it and he finds the dead body. So he locks the door back and then he goes up front and he tells, you know, one of his other engineer or whatever yeah that you know there was a dead body and you know they're gonna have to get back to the the station soon and they decide that they're far enough along the the trail that it's faster just to keep going forward than it would be to try and go back so they keep going forward by the time the engineer goes back with him to the bathroom the bathroom's totally cleaned up and there's somebody on the floor, but they're not dead, and they are still in the lizard costume. Yeah, so, so now see. Kenny has replaced him, and I, we don't know that, but of course we know that. Yeah, um, and that's what he does. Each time he kills somebody, he takes their costume. Right. So now Kenny is in the lizard costume, and Mitchie comes along, drunk and stoned, and she's talking to him, and she takes him, and she's well, like, the "I'll take." Yeah, yeah, she's like, "I'll take care of him." So she takes him to one of the berths and puts him on the the top with her, and starts trying to come on to him as he's, you know, like puts his hand up her leg, and as he's getting close to to looking like he's gonna make out with her, then he just slashes her throat. Yeah. So bye bye, Mitchie. 
and one by one it goes down the line like that yeah well so now they've gotten two of the people and you know surprisingly between those two kills is is a decent amount of time yeah and then between so after mitchie then mo ends up getting it but mo gets it in the middle of a crowded room just sitting oh, on the yeah. floor. Yeah. I still, I meant to go back and watch how that happened. Cause you know what? I need to go back and watch that scene again because Mo is sitting on the floor next to doc and they're watching the magician. Yeah. Do the magic show. And at one point the magician does this thing on, on stage where he goes, he's underneath a sheet and he disappears from the sheet. And then he appears at the back of the, at car. the back of the car behind Mo. Yeah. And he, you know, he stands there and then he walks to the center of the car. That's when he does the sheet and he drops the sheet and it becomes the girl, the the girl whose name I cannot remember. I don't know what he introduced her as, but of course that's, that ends up being Kenny in in drag or whatever. But, um, then after that scene is done, Doc is talking to Mo and Mo is passed over or passed out, fallen over and he's dead. But. I never saw how Mo got hit because I, I never saw, either. I never saw the yeah. assistant back there. I saw the magician back there, hmm. but I didn't see the magician's assistant back there. Yeah. Maybe I have to watch that again. Cause I don't remember either now that you mention it. Yeah. Now I want to know. Yeah. It's magic. I can visualize the rest of the film. The, the couple of kills after that. Yeah. When they were leading you to believe that it's the magician. Yeah. I was just like, oh, the magician was back there. He did it, sleight of hand, while he was back there. That's simple. Done. But it wasn't him. It was the assistant. So now I don't know. Hmm. Now, here's something, a little aside uh, about Ben Johnson. This is really interesting. Reportedly, he went up to the director, the guy, Roger Spotswoody, or Spotswood is the director's name. And he asked him, the director, to give his character less dialogue really yeah rather than more dialogue hmm. he said now roger i'm sure i've told you this before he said but my first day working with john ford hmm. okay john ford right mm-hmm. so john ford took him aside and said ben when you're in front of the camera you're not going to need too many words you just won't need them they can get in the way so ben johnson says to roger the director he said you go in and take out all the extra dialogue that I don't need. Right. And so he, he did it. Huh. That it was sound advice from uh, Mr. Ford, and he wanted me to do it. So well, all right. <laughs> he went through then. the script and took out all the extra words that, that weren't needed mm-hmm. to, you know, get the story across. Which, I mean, you know, he's right, though. Yeah. You, know, you get too much, too much dialogue. Yeah, that's true. And especially when you can, you know, somebody like Steve McQueen. Steve McQueen I'm thinking of? I think so. They can do a whole scene with just looks, you yeah. know. <laughs> well, there's yeah, there's a lot to to just a look. If the, if you find somebody who can say what you want with just looking at something or somebody, yeah. then you you've got something there. There was one point I forgot. I was going to mention that Alina or Elena or whatever her name was. She said she went to the hospital to see Kenny after he was committed after yeah. that prank and. They wouldn't, did they say they wouldn't let her see him? Can't remember if she could or not. But regardless, she found out that he had been committed because he was traumatized over the prank. 
Yeah. But he had also killed someone oh, prior, yeah, that. prior to the prank happening. So I don't know if this had been like in high school, he oh. killed somebody and was committed and then he was, you know, rehabilitated yeah. and let out or what. But apparently he was not that. stable to begin with and had already killed somebody before. Yeah. So huh. that's how they were uh, very certain that it was Kenny. Yeah. Now it ends. Rather yeah. abruptly. Yeah, it does. It ends like really quick yeah. once you find out who the killer is. Once you find out for sure who the killer is, you know, there's the the one scene that's kind of... A little suspenseful with Doc, where yeah. he's locked himself in the train yeah, car room. Yeah, but once you get to where it, he's faced off with Jamie Lee Curtis, and he's taken the wig off, and you see that it's Kenny. Oh, yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah, she goes through a whole fight, and yeah. you think he's gone, but of course, you know, it's a slasher flick. He's yeah. never dead the first time. But the, oh, that's what I was going to bring. The, the thing is, at one point, she knocks him off the train. Yeah, but he and, doesn't. But he he holds on to one of the the rail the bars or something. Yeah, she doesn't know that. Out of no. sight, right out of sight. And there's that scene where she's with her back to the window, and his face comes. <laughs> in the, it's like, what the hell's he holding on to there to get his face to come in the window? Right. She there? doesn't. He doesn't just have his face come into the window. He like crawls beside it or well, down like, like, or like something. Dracula crawl on the side yeah, of the exactly. castle. Yeah, exactly. Right? He's got suction cups no to the way side. He could do that. There's nothing. Um, I don't know what he was but doing. The, but the way they kill him at the end. She knocks him out of the window or knocks him off the train. No, the conductor does. Oh, the conductor does. Hits yeah, him with sorry. a shovel or yeah. something. But it's kind of weird it's, or anticlimactic because they've already knocked him off the train one time. Yeah. But this time you know? they really knocked him off yeah. the train because they were on a bridge. Yeah. But I mean, it's like they knocked him off the train and he came back. Yeah. They knocked him off again. Uh, we've already done that. Let's yeah, do something no. different, you know. It's true. They should have maybe dropped him down between the cars so the train would run, run over him. him. See, that would have been gruesome. <laughs> But anyway. Yeah. So, I mean, there's other little things going on in this that is, is subplot stuff. It's just not important. But yeah. Then I enjoyed watching it. I did feel like some of the kills, in between kills, was a little bit slow sometimes. Yeah. yeah. And it was um, shot okay. It was shot okay. Yeah, but not great. Yeah. Jamie Lee, of course, was great. She's always good on screen. Yeah. Strong, strong character. Yeah, yeah. Um, Mo that she was with, I thought he was just a bore. Yeah. Doc was just an ass. He was just a typical ass kind of character. Yeah. I didn't find him extremely exciting. Her girlfriend Mitchie, she was she was kind of fun. Yeah. I liked her on screen. But I mean, overall, I mean, it, it's worth watching. It was good to see. I enjoyed watching it, but it was uh. It was not my favorite slasher film, I will say no. that. Now, Prom Night, I, I enjoyed more. Yeah, I did too. And Well, okay, I had seen Prom Night many, many years ago, but it's been a long time. I hadn't seen Terror Train before. I I'd always wanted to. I don't think I've seen Prom Night, but I will say that I remember, or I feel like I remember seeing the very opening scene with the kids doing The Killer is Coming. Yeah, that may have been on some compilation But things. yeah, I, I think maybe it was just like a clip or something. Yeah. Now I I remember I remember the beginning scene I remember the scene during the prom on the stage where the oh yeah head rolls out the head. Uh, but overall, I did enjoy prom night more, and it, mm -hmm. actually it was shot better. It had yeah, a lot there more was a interesting lot of, artistic mm -hmm. you know shots, camera moves, and everything. Yeah, and interesting choices for I don't know if it's different film stock or what, or if they just did a some kind of oh, weird yeah, effect the, to the film. The prologue bit was almost a sepia. 
Yeah, and then there were a few scenes later when the killer is stalking a couple of the people. Mm -hmm. When you see his feet, when you just see his feet walking, it looks kind of like the same kind of stock or the same kind of footage. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, just just different. It gives it a different feeling because it's just a little odd. Yeah, now basically, the plot basically is, it starts off with these, what, four or five it's four four kids, probably around 11, 12, 11, 12 years, years old. They're and playing in an abandoned school or something. Yeah, and it, it basically they're playing hide and seek, but it's a game called The, the Killers Are Coming. And yeah. whoever's it just walks around and says, the killers are coming, and they're and if they tag you, you become one of the killers, and right. you find the other people. Right. And they're playing, and then one kid's got a baseball cap on, who figures prominently in in a minute. But these other three kids are walking up, walking up the road, going by the school, walking home from school. Mm-hmm. And they hear him playing. And the oldest girl's like, oh, I forgot my such and such book and has to go back to the school. The right. other two kids are dressed, it's a boy and a girl, but they're wearing the same outfit. So yeah. you're assuming they're twins. Yeah. And the girl wants to go play, but the boy doesn't. Yeah, the boy's like, they don't want you to play with them anyway. And yeah. So he like runs off. Yeah, so she goes, or we think he runs off. Yeah. She goes into school looking for him, and she ends up finding one of the one of them, and she says something or screams when she like bumps into the kid, and gives away his position. Mm-hmm. And he's he gets mad, so then he just immediately starts chanting, "The killers are coming!" Like he's already become one of the killers. Yeah, and it's freaking her out, and all of them start coming from different angles and are coming after her and yeah, are freaking so her out. they're essentially stalking her and they're hurting her and yeah. saying the killers are coming, the yeah. killers are coming. And she starts crying and she's like, I don't want to play. I don't want to yeah. play. And she's backing up, backing up, backing up. She backs up against a window and they keep going. Yeah! 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 And she falls out the window off the second floor right, to her death. And the kids are, one of the girls starts crying and We've got to go tell somebody. And the other kid's like, no, we're not telling. We'll get in trouble. We'll never speak of this again. We'll all go home right now. And they run away. And the twin brother apparently saw it happen. Yeah, but you don't know that. You don't know that till the very end that the twin brother saw it happen. So then we flash to, I guess it was later that, that day or that night when they find her. Yeah. And the police are there. And Leslie Nielsen, before Airplane, so yeah. playing, still playing dramatic roles, is the father, and he's on the second floor, and there's a voiceover of him, why did it happen? You know, da-da-da-da-da. Yeah. And he's looking down at the body, and then the police bring the mother up, and he says, no, no, and he runs down there and try to keep her from seeing the kid. Yeah. So then, then flash, flash flashes forward, forward to... Ten years? Is it not ten years? It's to when they're seniors in high school, yeah, so f- it's probably five six years, years, six years or something. something. like that. Uh, but that bit with Leslie Nielsen was supposed to give you some insight or make you think mm-hmm. later on that he could be the killer later on. Yeah. Cause they, this is another one where they try to keep leading you in different directions Yeah, about who could the killer be. Yeah. They definitely are trying to lead you one way or another. Yeah. Actually, they, they, they try to give you like at the very beginning of the second act, if you, well, it's not even second act, yeah. but when it starts the quote present day, when the senior in high school year starts, you get this whole bit where the police chief is trying. Well, he's not police chief. He's a policeman sergeant. or sergeant, but yeah. he's also at the school for some reason, like a teacher. I, I don't know. I was a little confused by that. They yeah. don't really establish the role very clearly, but regardless, 
he starts talking about this person that they tried to arrest on the day of Robin was the little girl's name that died on the day of Robin's death because he lived right next door to where it happened and he was a sexual predator or had been yeah but he was now out on parole or something and so they went after him but he i don't know if he fled or if he was scared and ran or what but he got into some kind of car chase back then yeah and got into a car accident and was burned badly so he had been hospitalized and in a coma i think yeah but he just escaped yeah, but in he, present day. Yeah, so in present day, he's now awake and well yeah. enough to escape, and he took a nurse hostage. Yeah, which this has nothing to do with the movie, the rest of the movie, at all. Well, no, but but they're trying to make you think that yeah. it does. Come to find out, though, <laughs> that that subplot yeah. was added way late in production. Really? That wasn't part of the original script. Well, I can see yeah. why, because it, it was really <clears throat> annoying. Well, you can take it out, and it doesn't affect anything whatsoever, because no. nobody else talks about it. No, nobody does. And I mean, it's like they they wanted to put this guy well, in the, the plot as if to make you think that he's the killer that's yeah. going to run around and kill people. But you knew who killed the kid. So why would this guy have anything to do with See, anything? That's, that's the thing. Well, you, you know who killed the girl, but we don't know who's killing everybody. It's trying to it was a clumsy way to try to put somebody else in there to see who's killing people now to make it a coincidence. Yeah. Maybe he's coming back to kill the kids he didn't kill that day or something. But it's 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 really clumsy. Yeah. But there were a lot of other scenes that were cut from the theatrical version. Oh, yeah. That lead you to suspect other people. Oh, okay. Which would have really fleshed out the movie more. I mean, don't get me wrong. I enjoyed the movie. Yeah. But this would have made it a lot fuller. And you would have been going different directions, I think. Right. One of the scenes was where, oh, and Leslie Nielsen is the principal in present day. Yeah. He takes his wife to visit the psychiatrist after visiting Robin was the little girl that died. Mm-hmm. Uh, her grave at the cemetery. Because mm-hmm. she was having a hard time coping with it. So that was kind of leading you. Maybe it was mom. Yeah. And it, and it's uh, at that point, they say that Robin and Alex is the, is the twin say that they're twins they come out and say it in oh that do scene. they okay yeah because they never say that yeah there was let's see there was another scene that I, I saw when i was looking stuff up there was some other cut scenes which is odd originally it was going to be pg-13 and uh, not pg that was pg-13 wasn't a rating then it was going to be pg mm-hmm. but the producers felt that nobody's going to go see a pg slasher movie oh right yeah that yeah. makes sense so they you know put a little more gore and some brief uh, nudity bits. Yeah. Which really not much at all. No, not really. Well, I mean, there were plenty of things in there that make you question, or not question, because I never questioned who it was. Oh, yeah. I mean, I figured it was one of two people. I thought it was either going to be Dad or Alex. Yeah. Well, also, too, because by the, when they're at the prom, we don't see Leslie Nielsen anymore. You see him dance with her. Yeah, but then he's gone then for he's the rest gone. of the movie and it's like and i think somebody says where is he where is once but they never after that yeah you know yeah and i did make a point of trying to look to see alex because alex was supposed to be manning the the dj stuff they never panned to see that area so yeah i couldn't see him but anyhow you know so it turns out that in present day jamie lee's character what's her name 
Kimberly Hammond. Yeah. Kim. Kim is dating Nick. Isn't that his name? Yeah. Kim is dating Nick. And Nick was the little boy in the baseball cap that chased Robin out the window. Or, you know, was saying the killers are coming, the killer's coming. Um, So he was the little boy along with Wendy, Mm -hmm. who is a total bitch. Yeah. And then the other girl whose name I can't remember, who's apparently very nice. Uh, what was oh, her the girl name? with the overbite. Cute, yeah, the girl, cute, girl. cute girl with the overbite. I can't remember her name. Anyway, the one that cried, the little girl that cried, yeah. she was also... Kelly. Kelly, that's it. She was also there. So they're all still in school together. But it turns out that Kim is dating Nick. Well, Nick had apparently dated Wendy for a while, and Wendy was not happy about this whole change in relationship status. So she brought in the school bully to the prom. So yeah. then... Yeah, so they she's like working with the bully to try and, you know, cause something bad to happen. But they don't say what. Yeah. So for a little bit you think that it's the bully that's doing it. And at one point a kill happens outside of the school. Outside of the school. Oh, we forgot one of the girls. Anyway. Yeah. And then when he flashes back inside, the bully well, is putting on a jacket and brushing some dirt off of his shoulder as if he was just outside in the dirt, yeah. just like the killer was. So you're like, oh, I see what you did there. But, <laughs> you know, it's not him, obviously. Then there's lots of scenes with the janitor. Yeah, and the janitor's portrayed uh, as being kind of a weird, creepy guy. Yeah, who has so, nothing to do with anything. No, He's just like a just, drunk janitor. Yeah, he's trying to throw you a different direction. Yeah, so they just try to lead you in all kinds of directions into and who could it possibly be. And some of it works and some of it doesn't. Yeah. I mean, but really, I was never misled. And I don't know that many people would be, but yeah, no. maybe not. I don't know. Regardless, I mean, it was still. Yeah. I, I mean, liked that they did it, I guess. Yeah. But it's it gave pretty it obvious stuff. that they were, you know, they were twins. The twin dies. The other twin feels the death and carries that. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So, of course, as you can tell, we've, we've led you to, to the truth. And that yeah. is that Alex was the one going around killing everybody. A really horrible part of the whole thing is that in the end, Alex is, you know, he's killed everybody except for Nick. Yeah, and he's he and Nick are wrestling around on the ground. Wrestling. And Alex has a ski mask on, so you can't tell who yeah, it is. right. And he's and, wrestling around trying to choke the life out of a baseball cap guy. Yeah, and Kim has come back in trying to find him because they are, Nick and, and Kim are prom king and queen. Yeah. And so she's trying to find him and... She sees them together and she's trying to fight him off too. And she's trying to help, you know, and save him from the killer. And at some point she gets a hold of an axe and she hits the killer on the side of the head with the back of the axe, yeah. not the sharp part, the back of it. Yeah. And, you know, of course, cracks his skull pretty, open. Yeah. Cut, pretty freaking hard. Yeah. So now he's stumbling away. And at one point she looks him dead in the eyes and it hits her. Just you can see it. She yeah. just recognizes him. She's she just mouths no, you know, like I that that's my brother. And he's stumbling out it. of the school, clutching yeah. his head, just dazed, like barely, you know, functioning. Yeah, and so the police are finally all there because prior to this all happening, the oh, killer yeah. has the greatest, <laughs> the kill best kill was when when the bully puts on the jacket and they put the the crown on him. The killer comes up behind him, thinking it's the other guy. 
and yeah yeah the bully his... the bully is taking nick's place as the the prom king trying to be part of the joke yeah. anyway go so ahead. he swings the axe and just slops his head off and the head like you know rolls out, rolls on out onto the stage and lands like <laughs> eyes up facing the crowd and everybody loses their shit and runs for the door so the police just show up and the guy or uh alex stumbles out with his hand on his head bleeding and He's obviously got no weapon, but yeah. the cop is there, and you can tell he's just going to kill him regardless. But she runs out and stops him and says, don't kill him, don't kill him. And he falls down, and she pulls the mask his, off. takes and, the mask yeah. off, and it's Alex. And what does he say? He says something. It wasn't very memorable, apparently. I can't remember, but it, it's just one a of couple the, words. Yeah, it's one of the few like slasher-type movies where the killer actually was a sympathetic character. Yeah, he was. You know? Yeah, and then he he says whatever it was he says, which I'm sorry I can't remember. Yeah, and and then he dies, and you know then poor Kim has to live with the fact that not only did she lose her sister at a young age, but her she brother, her brother, her brother then went crazy and killed everybody, and killed she her killed friends, her brother. And she killed her brother. Yeah. Yes. Which would have is a great setup for a sequel. <laughs> yeah. Why they didn't choose that as the plot for the next movie. And have her be the killer? Yeah, and it didn't have to be Jamie Lee. It could have been another actress, but playing the same character. You yeah, know? but that it, it should have been Jamie well, Lee. Well, I know, but if it wasn't, though, I'm just saying, for the plot anyway. But no, the next couple of Prom Night movies... Have nothing have to no, do with the it. The only thing it has to do with it's the same name for the, of the school. It has oh. nothing to do with these characters or anything about Don't it. go to that school, apparently. No. Especially at Prom. Yeah. But it's like, you just set up the sequel. Where Kim... Super traumatic. And then she flips out. Yeah. Yeah, that would have done it. And is reliving what happened. or what, You know, they could have gone into... Anyway. One thing, though, the only actor to appear in all four Prom Night movies... I have not seen any but the first. Yeah, was uh, the kid that played the, the young Nick, the young baseball cat. Oh, kid. really? Somehow. I don't know why, but he was in all four movies. I don't know what if he who he played. Huh. Yeah. Weird. Going back to the deleted scenes... Another couple scenes that kind of lead you to believe Le- Leslie Nielsen. Mm-hmm. There's one scene where he's talking about morose, it says morosely, uh, about his daughter's death to a doctor. And there's also scenes of him chopping wood. Oh, outside, yeah. Which are meant to point him out as a suspect, you know. Yeah. Um, also deleted scenes with the psychiatrist informing Leslie Nielsen that his wife has serious problems, not just depression over the daughter's death. Mm. Uh, another scene... Of her looking at a picture of Robin on the wall, surrounded by flowers, meant to make her look like a you know a suspect fixated on the the death. Yeah. And then a scene with Leslie Nielsen speaking to a psychiatrist about Kim. And about Robin's death, the impact of Robin's death on Kim. Yeah. And how she gets depressed from time to time. Huh. And then how Robin and Alex were twins, but Alex doesn't remember the death at all. Oh wow. So that. That's a lot of meat that should have been left in the film. Yeah, that would have been interesting. That to have would have in. really led you around to think, like, oh, hmm, yeah, it could, it could, could be. be any one of them. Yeah, and they yeah. they all had reason to want to kill them. So I I would have been more prone to question which one it yeah. was then. Exactly. Yeah. Though at one point, Nick, now that he's dating him, yeah, he goes to tell her. Because she was, it was like the day, the anniversary of Robin's death, and she was really sad. And he was getting ready to confess to what really happened. And she gets called away or something. And so he doesn't get to tell her what happened. 
I wonder how that would have gone. Yeah. <laughs> Another interesting thing. Eve Plum auditioned. Who is Eve Plum? Jan Brady. Oh, okay. Auditioned for the role of Kim. Oh. And pretty much had it. Really? She was all set to play Kim, but about at the last minute, Jamie Lee Curtis's people got in touch <laughs> with the producers and expressed her interest in it. And and they said, yeah, we'll have Jamie Lee. Well, yeah, because she was, you know, Because she's queen. Jamie Lee. Well, she was the scream, the hot scream queen of the moment, and Eve Plum was not. You know. Yeah. I can't even picture anybody but Jamie Lee there now. Well, yeah. But whatever. You know. Uh, the director, a guy named Paul Lynch, <laughs> he originally conceived a movie about a psychotic gynecologist <laughs> uh, to cash in, you know, on the hollow, the slasher Halloween craze. But uh, upon being told that the movie would be distasteful, <laughs> he retooled the movie. <laughs> So it went from a gynecologist to a, a psychotic a, gynecologist. Psychotic gynecologist to a prom night movie. Yeah. That's I would like quite to, the switch. I would like to have been in on that meeting. Yeah, me too. <laughs> and follow that train of just, you know. just how did we get there? <laughs> yeah. Now this this movie I said earlier that it was uh it was shot well. Yeah. Kind of uh artsy in some of the shots. Some I mean of it was it really was, yeah. you know, and was really well, now, I, I guess, well, it is kind of weird in a way that Friday the 13th came out the same year. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, of course, it took off. Yeah. And this didn't. True. And the first Friday the 13th, I mean, Jason didn't come in and really come in until the second one. And the hockey mask Jason, the iconic mm-hmm. Jason look, didn't come in until the third one. Right. So the first, you think the first Friday the 13th, which is a damn good film. Sure. Of course. You know, but you think this, it's like, I don't know. I mean... It, and this had Jamie Lee in it. Well, though it was this was pretty successful. It just didn't. Yeah, no, I I can see why that would have taken off more than this. This had enough in it to be a little more confusing. That's true. Not as straightforward. Yeah, I think that maybe... was a very straightforward slasher flick. Yeah, it didn't try to to question who did what. It didn't try to play with your head any. Yeah. Well, I think maybe if this had the deleted scenes that gave it more body, too. Yeah, that, that may have It might have, have helped it. quite a I, bit. I mean, while they're both slasher films, I, they're still just kind of different. Yeah. They're, they're different yeah. types of slasher films to yeah. me, you know? So, I don't know. Maybe they don't really compete in the same type. I, it, it's weird to me. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't know. But like anything, why does one thing take off and another thing doesn't, you know? Yeah. Who knew? Maybe it was marketing. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, both of these we actually watched. What was it on? We was watched it, them on... Um, was it Hulu? Nope. We watched them on Amazon Prime. Oh, Amazon but, Prime. But, as I'm sure most people who have Amazon Prime are well aware, Amazon Prime merged with IMDb TV some time ago. So, yeah. it was actually IMDb TV. So, there oh, were commercials. Yeah. I was very freaking annoyed. It was uncut, but there were commercials, which yeah. was annoying. I don't know about you guys, but if I'm paying for Amazon Prime, I should not be paying for a commercial. No. Just saying. That's ridiculous. Anyway. But the prints were pretty good anyway. Yeah, it was all very clean. As far as audio and visual, it was it was easy to watch. I'm sure you can find it on other streaming channels as well. I believe it's still available on Blu-ray and DVD, both of them, I think. Mm. Uh, I didn't really bother to look because we, you know, we were watching all that. Yeah. 
But I would like to see a Blu-ray or DVD of both of them to yeah. see the behind-the-scenes stuff. You know? Yeah, I would like that too. I think there is a documentary or a mini documentary on. Uh, I was one of them. I was looking at. I can't remember which one now. Well, so it has to be all the Blu-ray. So we'll have to check into that at some point. Well, I'm, hopefully there'll be some interesting stuff about prom night. I, we need to get that one, I think, on DVD at least so I can check out the DVD extras. Yeah. Yeah. I would love to see if the deleted scenes are on there. I'd like to see those. Definitely. That'll be after we move and unbox our yeah. 20 boxes of DVDs. Yeah. <laughs> Which there may be a couple of, of uh, podcast due dates we're gonna try our best to yeah. make them all, but we're but in the within the next ready couple to of sell months. Our house. Yeah, we're looking to <laughs> sell our house and move across town somewhere. The Phantasmo Lounge is relocating. Yeah, so we got a lot going on, and uh, man, it's a whew. <laughs> it's an undertaking. You, you so, don't realize how many DVDs you own. I mean, okay, I take that back. I know we own <laughs> a whole hell of a lot of DVDs and yeah. Blu-ray. Yeah, but we own. But when you try and put them from the bookshelf to the box, it takes up way more box space than you think. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I said twenty boxes. We're not done packing yet, and we're not quite at twenty boxes. But yeah. I, it might be. Yeah, it, it's a lot. So we, we may, should open a library. Yeah, we may have to postpone an episode here and there, and just post some older episodes to you know hold people over. We'll but see. We will, I'm going to try not we to. We will have new episodes as soon as we are able to have new episodes. And knock on wood, there will be a new episode in two weeks. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm hoping that we'll be able to stay on track. So all kinds of crazy things are happening over here at the Phantasma Lounge. <laughs> Big doings in the lounge, kids. <laughs> yeah, indeed. But that's that's. But that, hopefully so. at the other end, we'll, we'll relocate the Phantasma Lounge back to downtown Chesapeake. <laughs> beautiful downtown chesapeake <laughs> we shall see we shall see yeah that's a that's a real oldie one i don't yeah, even know go, yeah was that even on an episode when did we record no, that no no that was that was when we filmed that youtube like almost a, uh, like a commercial oh right phantasmo cults and explosion <laughs> when we did the plant the apes marathon that's right oh that was jim was funny. supposed to say in beautiful downtown chesapeake or downtown great bridge and he said beautiful town town great bridge <laughs> <laughs> so now anytime i say it it's got to be town town <laughs> it was really funny if you were there folks <laughs> yeah it's probably not funny to anybody but us but i got a good laugh so there yeah anyway but anyway that's about all i got for this one how about you yeah yeah i guess right. so i'm sure we left out a ton of stuff oh one one interesting thing of note that yeah. I thought was really funny, and I forgot until you brought it up. Prom Night was yeah. one of the movies they were showing on. Oh, yeah. The the Buffy uh, prom episode. Yeah, Buffy the Vampire Slayer prom episode. Where the bad guy was training the Hellhounds to attack people in formal wear, he was showing them the movie Prom Night. Indeed. So <laughs> take that as you will. <laughs> anyway. Okay, I guess that's it. Yep. So I guess we got one thing left to do, huh? We do. Yeah, we got to prove that the world revolves around Planet of the Apes. Clayton and I discovered, much like the Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon game, we found out years before that, that you can connect anything back to the original Planet of the Apes movies in just a few steps, usually. And just to prove that that's true and the world does indeed revolve around Planet of the Apes, we try to do that at the end of each episode. So Phyllis is going to throw me somebody from these two movies and I will connect them back to Planet of the Apes. 
All right. Let's go with Leslie Nielsen. Leslie Nielsen. Indeed. Okay. Leslie Nielsen. Leslie Nielsen was in Forbidden Planet with Richard Anderson. Okay? Okay. Richard Anderson was Oscar Goldman on Six Million Dollar Man with Lee Majors. Lee Majors was in Will Penny with Charlton Heston. Planet well, that was very fast. <laughs> well, you have once again proven that the world does indeed revolve around Planet of the Apes. And it does. Good job. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Well, I guess that's about it then. I think that'll do it. So till next time. Thanks for listening, everybody. Good night. Good night. Good night. Everything is